Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 2, Buffalo Gals. Mary, what happened this week? Brandon wants to be the first person to wish Kelly a happy birthday, but he's not. He meets Colin while delivering flowers to Kelly's bedroom door. You know, just regular friend things. Colin makes Kelly a pancake feast, which is nice, but then he bails on her birthday plans because his red and orange mess of a painting is bad. But Kelly is determined to have fun with or without him at her fettuccine and pesto smooth jazz and champagne 21st birthday. Even if Brandon invites Val and Ginger and Mel can't come and Jackie wants to invite the press and also ensure she's sitting right between her two exes the whole time. <laughs> At least Ginger's bringing a nice gift with some money she stole from Brandon's cat cookie jar. Conveniently, the gang suspects Ray must have taken the money the night of that party where they destroyed Casa Walsh. By the way, they undestroyed it and Steve moved in. But anyway... Ray ran off to Nevada and stopped returning Donna's calls, because that's what you do when you're innocent. It's whatever, though, because he comes back. Donna insists he comes to Kelly's birthday party, even though no one in the gang trusts him. Predictably, no one is nice to him, and Ray storms off. Donna drinks a bunch of champagne really fast. Val chases after Ray and says that she believes that he isn't a thief. She convinces him to return to the party, where Valerie reveals that Ginger stole Brandon's money, Steve's watch, and Kelly's almost engagement ring. It was all hidden in her fake can of hairspray. Everyone thanks Val for finding their stuff and for escorting Ginger out of their lives in Brandon's car. At the airport, Val pays Ginger for helping her look like the good guy in front of everyone. Ginger asks why Val wants in so badly with these avocado heads. Val says she likes avocados. The girls hug and Ginger flies off to Maui. Ray puts a drunk Donna to bed even after she tells him she wants to bang. He won't do it because she's drunk. Kelly tells Ray he's a good guy and he can crash on the couch. Colin shows up to tell Kelly why he bailed on her party, and it's because he was painting a billboard with a little tunic guy and mismatched birthday cakes, but also a fried egg. Kelly loves it and him for some reason. Brandon helps Dylan track down some info on Anthony Marchette, regular businessman including a GIF file of his driver's license. Debate GIF versus GIF all you want, but the real question is, is it still a GIF after it's printed out? <laughs> Dylan uses this information to find Mr. Marchette's place of regular business and ride in an elevator with him with a gun in his pants. He tells Brandon he did this, and Brandon tells him maybe he should go back to school instead of stalking murderers. Hearing it back... I can't tell which part's my favorite part. The ginger twist on top of a twist or Dylan. Just yeah. so dumb. I have so many favorite parts of the Dylan storyline. Um, just subtle things that that we will definitely get to. But yeah, this now hearing it back, at first I was like, man, what even was this episode? But now I'm like, hold on, was this a great episode? <laughs> I loved this episode. I maybe I think I texted y'all like 15 minutes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I think it honestly just goes along with the fact that most of the gang is together for most of the episode and we tend to love all the episodes where they're all together. Yeah, because there's not like whiplash of like, oh my God, now we got to go here. Oh my God, now we got to go there. Like 
a yes. lot happened, but it was all in mostly one story. Yeah, like everybody came together at various parts. So it was more just like how a normal friend group interacts and has side conversations amongst, you know, sub subgroups of the bigger group. Yeah. And I love that like this is what we've been talking about since Val showed up of like why would anyone let her be there? Yeah. Now we have a reason and it's like the most Val reason of it all. It really is. It's like what an epic maloning of just how do I con every single human being that I've come into contact with I know and she executes flawlessly I bought it I straight up bought that she threw ginger under the bus and then yeah so we should just dive in because we have Mm -hmm. to get this build up because it totally got me yeah because the episode opens like a little bit before Kelly's party it's on her birthday and we open in the beach apartment. Donna's trying to call Ray and Claire walks in and it's just like, why are you calling him? He never calls you. Mm-hmm. And Claire is wearing this like, did you see the crop top where it's got the little like airbrushed cat on it? Oh, yeah. This is one of two crop tops or as Nate calls them, baby shirts that Claire wears <laughs> during this episode. I loved it. So I genuinely debated. I was like, do I pause the episode and go see if I can find this shirt for myself? (laughs) It gave me like random, like, I don't know, a mix of Hello Kitty and Panama City airbrushing vibes. (laughs) It made me like the cat reminded me of the Fancy Feast cat. Like also that ad. Yeah, for sure. That's so funny. But aside from that, we find out that Donna return the ring and lied to her parents about where she found it. Yep. Which I don't think they tell us what she ended up saying to them and I really need to know. Like what was this lie to protect Ray? The only thing I could think is that like she made it to where there were so many other people around, you know, at that party that like you're only singling out Ray because of your bias against him or something. And then went into this, like, think about how much he helped daddy over the summer, like da da da. And then of course, Dr. Martin was probably right there backing Donna up because as we've known, he likes Ray. Yeah. And then what, I guess just being like, look, it fell on the floor and rolled behind the toilet. Rich people don't look behind toilets. I found it. Exactly. Like, Yeah. And then she probably, yeah, turned it on the rich people. (laughs) Yeah. Now, all of this, like, to your point, she's saying, like, you just accused Ray because of his background, but that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Which, to be fair, it's not what happened. Right. Yeah. She didn't even know she was, like, covering for him correctly until the end of the episode. Which I guess we don't even really know, do we? Did did they actually say that Ginger took the ring because she only took kelly's engagement ring but we didn't see because because the ring was planted yeah because she took the engagement (laughs) ring the watch and the cash from the walsh's house and i guess we can assume she took the ring from the boat but then like there was an added step in ginger's plot of like slipping it into ray's pocket yeah because that's the thing is like ray was all vindicated at the end of the episode but only from technically Steve's watch. So we don't actually know if Ray stole the ring or not, or if it was Ginger, 
we don't know what happened with the with the boat ring. I want to believe that was all part of Val's plan, just to like get back in with Ray in addition to everyone else. That's Ooh, a good point. Good oh point. yeah, because she went straight to like like I remember writing in my notes like why is Val running after him, and yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so maybe we just missed or maybe they cut something you know alluding to the fact that ginger did plant the ring or val helped or whatever it was but yeah now i'm having like a weird like well what did happen (laughs) it would absolutely not fit into this show of being like well here's how this went down and then flashbacks of showing ginger do all Mm -hmm. the things like it wouldn't fit in here yeah but yeah my like dumb audience brain i'm just like just like spell it out for me yeah, just tell me what happened. I don't need I don't need to guess. You just need to tell me. Right? Cuz like I to kind of bring it back, I kind of feel like that's what's going on with Brandon in this moment cuz he shows up with flowers. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I was just rollerblading in the area and I wanted to be the first one to wish Kelly a happy birthday." And they keep being like, "Well, she was out late. Don't don't go bother her. Um, she's really hungover." Like, "No, just tell him like she's not alone." Don't make it weird. You don't want to go in there, buddy. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the fact that Claire is literally trying to, like, scoot past him in the hallway to get in front of him should sound alarm bells in Brandon's mind. But he's like, nope, I'm on a mission. I've got flowers. I'm going to beat you, Claire, even though you live here and probably already did tell her happy birthday. I'm going to beat you in telling her. Now I am picturing him, like, speed walking, being like, I do have to beat Claire to the door. Right? I have to be the one who knocks. Exactly. But he also has these ulterior motives of he's going to come, he's going to bring her these flowers, and then he's also going to ask her to invite Val and Ginger to her birthday because it's awkward having them in his house and not in his friend group. Right. I don't know. Like, to one extent, I get it because, you know, the show needs them all together. But, and I also didn't grow up with siblings my age, but I can't imagine being like, taking the initiative on myself to be like, I need my sister invited to all my stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because if you think about it, just because you were like roommates with somebody didn't mean you were all into their friend group just as much as they're in yours, right? Like you, even if you did have a shared friend group, you still might have separate ones. So it is a little weird outside of the fact that, yeah, we know that the show just needs them together. Especially when it's Ginger and Val and, like, literally everyone hates them. Like, he says this and Donna and Claire are just like, ew, but why? (laughs) Well, almost literally. (laughs) Claire says that. Donna says that she'll try and help because, of course, Donna does. Yeah, of course. But he, like, barrels down the hallway and Colin is the one that opens the door. It's just an awkward moment as it's supposed to be, you know? And I don't even remember. I didn't even write down what dialogue happened. I was just, I was just like, oh God, here it comes. Ooh, awkward. Right. The anxiety, <laughs> like as soon as everyone was saying like, don't go in there. I was like, Brandon, don't go in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't write down anything they say either other than just like Colin existing with his Colin face. Yep. And then we cut away and continue on with the episode. Yeah. Opening credits, which I mean, I guess like it's a good little open there because it gives us like oh here's a new surprise to the rest of the group or at least to Brandon who will then tell the rest of the group um 
But yeah, we get opening credits and we move right along. Brandon probably just yeets right out of there like immediately and drives over to where Steve, this was like the most confusing like second scene where I was like, Steve has movers (laughs) (laughs) calling them personal slaves. Like I didn't understand what was going on. Turns out they're trying to get all the Walsh stuff out of storage which even nate was like wait why do they have so much stuff like he for some reason he suddenly got very invested in this episode and i had to pause it and be like okay jim and cindy brandon and brenda's uh, parents jim got a job in hong kong they moved they sold the house but it fell through he goes oh it fell through escrow (laughs) (laughs) i was like yes yes exactly he goes "Mm, mm." (laughs) just (laughs) shaking his head (laughs) yeah and i was like so they have to get their stuff out of storage and yeah, that's and exactly they're, what they're doing. <laughs> they're just giving the house to Brandon rather than sell it. It's fine. Don't worry. I about wish it. we had had that conversation, but you know, it would have just been, "Hi, Brandon. No, you may not have the house. How's Steve? You know, like whatever. Love, mom and dad." And then another email of, "Why not send? Well, and then it's like so many back and forth. You don't have time or interesting dialogue to make this happen." Yeah, no, we're just going to cut ahead to the point that Cindy was like, well, Jim, we did leave him in Beverly Hills all by himself. And we you know, he never, you know, he never got to go to Paris. <laughs> the car just wasn't enough. Right. Let's give him a mortgage, but not actually give him the mortgage. So at this point, John also walked into the room and he saw Steve in that like long short sleeve, almost a turtleneck you know, tucked into his pleated pants. Mm-hmm. And John just goes, I'm going to start dressing like that. Oh my and then God. Walked away. <laughs> if only. Right. I just like started thinking about all of Steve's outfits because, like, I know John just saw the one, but like, let's talk about summer. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Steve, out of all the group, has the best style, or at least all the boys in the group, right? I mean, Brandon wears shorts that are entirely too big for him, suits that are entirely too big for him, and then Dylan just doesn't know what his style is. Although last episode, I think I made a note where I was like, how does Dylan look so cool in a white t-shirt, jeans, and some sort of like, I don't know if they were Jordans or not, but they were just tennis shoes. I was like, how does he look so cool? (laughs) It's all in the attitude, which I think is why like Brandon can't pull off what he wears true well and because it's too big for him (laughs) makes him look short and stubby i think john's like the biggest appeal of how steve was dressed was that his the sleeves on his shirt were really tight so you could see ian's earrings biceps and john was on his way to the gym it makes sense i mean look good feel good and steve probably feels good at least 75 percent of the time <laughs> i i think he feels good unless everything has crumbled around him because of his own actions <laughs> right and even then it's just like half a day and then he's fine <laughs> yeah because like you know he's talking about all of this stuff to move into the walsh's house and brandon comes by and is like oh my gosh i just had the worst morning ever at least kelly agreed to let val and ginger come to her party if only to get me out of the house And Steve is just like, okay, great, let's go move in. And we get that weird, like, vaudeville move-in scene, Mm -hmm. which just ends, and they've rearranged the house, which I do like how they rearranged the house. Mm -hmm. But it was was just a weird moment to me. Well, for me, like, the same thing happens. They use the same frames. 
a couple of times, right? Mm -hmm. Same time lapse frames. But also, who cleaned up all the paint? Who, like, fixed the chandeliers? Who picked up all the trash? How long has it been? You know, and and how much time did it take? And also, what was that merry-go-round carousel horsey thing? Did you guys see that in the corner? It was like a pole with a horsey on it, the size of one you would put on a carousel. Do you think that that's just been sitting in Jim and Cindy's storage the entire time they've been here and they just emptied the whole storage locker so they wouldn't have to pay for it? Yes. That's 100% what it is. It's their antique carousel horse. And they'd had it in there for like, yeah, ever since they moved to Beverly Hills because they took it with them from Minnesota. And they're like, we don't know where to put this. And Brandon was like, get everything out. (laughs) Everything must go. prominent place in the living room (laughs) yeah that too so they finish rearranging the house and this is when dylan comes in val wants to push for him to stay for breakfast he does his classic i hate val especially in public and around (laughs) other people thing and (laughs) just only wants to talk to brandon brandon alone just brandon only brandon not you val not you (laughs) she is offended she's so offended the camera stays on her face as she goes from like oh what the why i just love the idea that she's like no one could come into this house and not want to talk to me what is happening here i mean to be fair she's right she's so charismatic like even if you hate her you talk to her like even kelly finds reason to talk to her even if she doesn't want to she just brings it out of people like, I imagine they go upstairs and all she can do is talk about how they don't want to talk to her. And Steve is just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to go make some eggs. <laughs> yeah. Bye. I need a smoothie. <laughs> oh, he would eat. He would have like a protein shake in mm-hmm. the morning and then his case of beer in the afternoon. Guaranteed Slim Fast was like his go-to thing back then. I feel like that was so 90s. It was like Buns of Steel, Slim Fast, Jazzercise. Like those were the brand names. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Steve gets down with some Slim Fast. Yeah. But Brandon and Dylan, they go upstairs. They go to a room. I don't know where it is, but it's got all these boxes with all of Brandon's stuff. And Brandon has done all of this, like, internet research about Tony Marchette, including the GIF file from the (laughs) internet of his driver's license, which I guess GIFs, how I pronounce it, have changed in the last 16 years. Right, because this is just a static image, obviously. It's just a picture. (laughs) Because it's printed out, and I... I giggled in Mary's synopsis, but I could have laughed a lot louder because <laughs> is a GIF really a GIF when it's printed out? That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, the point is, is like, I guess he could have just said static GIF or animated GIF these days. You know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, given the fact that they don't know what a GIF file is or that they've just changed over the years, Dylan also has no idea what a redacted document looks like he's like and what are all these black lines (laughs) (laughs) i love that brandon did a foia request right he got into like this is like journalism brandon that i expect to be seeing a hundred percent not just like i'm gonna go talk to a random person and they're gonna like tell me everything no no he used resources here i just love it so much and (laughs) 
I just want to go back to the GIF one more time because what if <laughs> like actually printed a GIF, but he printed every frame of it, and so it was a little <gasps> flip book, and he was like, I printed this for you. Oh, my God. Dylan wouldn't appreciate it. He was like, why did you print me 10 images and not one? <laughs> because when you flip it, he winks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. A GIF file on the internet of his license in a license is just – it's just it's one just picture. <laughs> this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever heard. What if it was just like an iPhone live photo? So it's just like someone <laughs> steadying the camera and then, well, they take the picture and that's why. <laughs> amazing. God, that would be amazing. Yeah, that whole little two second, I'm not kidding you. It was maybe 10 seconds max was probably the best of the episode. <laughs> it was so great. And then it like... It gets back to the Dylan and Brandon fighting over Kelly thing because Dylan's just like looking around Brandon's room because I guess there's more stuff in a box and he pulls out the engagement ring and he's like, well, you should return this. And then Brandon's like, did you know she's dating someone else? The sass level in this particular part of the scene, I mean, Brandon literally goes so much for I choose me. He gave me – um, he gave me – um. Cat vibes, Julia Stiles, and 10 Things I Hate About You, you know, when she's like all sassy to Bianca and she's like, oh, as opposed to Planet, look at me, look at me. Like oh that was God. Brandon in this episode for me because he's like so much for I choose me, like <laughs> just on another level. And then like Dylan is just meeting him there, right? He's going back at it too. And then, you know, he asks if Brandon's going to the party. And he's like, well, yeah, because we're both gluttons for punishment. Like, these boys are messed up from her. And they're not okay. Or they're not um, afraid to share it with each other and to, like, commiserate together. <laughs> I, like, as much as I wish their relationship wasn't just Kelly-centric, mm -hmm. I kind of do appreciate that, yeah, they feel okay, like, talking to each other about it. It's much better. Like, to me... I'm okay with this form of because they're not necessarily bashing Kelly. They're more like confused, you know, because they're like, what the heck? She literally broke up with both of us because she wanted to be alone and now she's with another guy. You know, that kind of thing. That's way better than just like shitting on her as a person, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I can buy that. Like, I'm fine with them complaining about like and not fully understanding what the heck is happening rather than them just like being mean you know, about any part of her personality or looks or anything like that. Yeah. Well, and I can definitely appreciate when, like, Dylan finds the ring and he just keeps telling Brendan, like, you need to return this. Like, you need to get over Kelly because neither yeah. of us are going to be good stuck on her. 100%. I mean, it's it's paralleled to when Claire keeps telling Donna, like, why are you reaching out to Ray? Shouldn't he be the one calling you? Like, you need to, like, let it go. Like, things like that. Oh, that's a good point. That's, like, a really good parallel. I like that. Yeah, I mean, the friends actually are stepping up for each other's, um, I guess, hearts in these up in this episode because, yeah, like, Claire and eventually Kelly, like, they're like, Donna, be strong. Like, you're better than this. Like, you deserve better. Even Dylan's like, we both deserve better than what Kelly's done to us kind of situation. So, um, actually kind of like, that's what we've been wanting. You know, we've yeah. been wanting the friends to actually be there for each other. So. Rather than just being like, oh, Donna is dating some stupid guy and it's not my problem. <laughs> exactly. We cut away from Brandon and Dylan and 
I kind of forgot for a moment that David has been working at like a vet of concert venue mm-hmm. all summer. I was picturing like a theater, like an indoor theater, not an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. So when we got here, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, why are we <laughs> at David's job? And then they said his sister was calling and I was like, Aaron can't use a phone. Well, yeah, because especially right after, like, I think, um, s- or maybe this was later, but like Jackie was mentioned at some point. And so when he said sister, I was like, oh, is Aaron in trouble? Like, I literally thought something was wrong. Not that it was, oh, his older sister, half sister, wait, stepsister, step-sister. good Lord, Kelly. <laughs> well, because I feel like that, that's that been like an unspoken thing for the last mm-hmm. like season of just like, oh, yeah, they're still like brother and sister ex-stepbrother and stepsister but like maybe again stepbrother and stepsister now that Jackie and Mel are getting back together I also love though that like maybe this is the angle of Kelly being like no no we are siblings do not try to have a crush on me ever again we are siblings (laughs) man they really have just like dropped that as soon as they decided that they were going to be siblings they were like David does not look at her anymore good not that way good good very good (laughs) I'm also in shock that he got so many seats to this concert for her for her Mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah, and they were like tables too, you know, like not – at first I was expecting them to be just like at the concert in regular stadium seats, but we find out later, no, no, they're like tables that are meant for like VIP, um, high-dollar, you know, spending folks. Yeah, and just David got these. Like, they yeah. don't even try and say that Jackie and Mel pitched in for it. This was all David getting 14 seats for everyone. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as soon as he said they were going to a concert, I was like, oh, this is why it's DVD only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me just spoiler alert this and tell you that concert's not great, y'all. <laughs> it was very long, and so I sped it up to one and a half speed, which made it <laughs> a lot more entertaining. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, Um, man. So on the other side of the call, Kelly is, like, it's still really early in the morning. She hasn't had breakfast. Colin comes out with chocolate chip pancakes, covers the whole thing in whipped cream, insists that she takes a bite, and he, like, only gives her the tiniest bit of whipped cream, like, very TV eating, take a Mm -hmm. bite. Oh, yeah. Nate goes, yeah, that's just whipped cream. (laughs) Right? And she was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, honey, it's all sugar. (laughs) It's ready whip. He didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing that I felt weird about, I mean, I I really appreciate Colin making her breakfast. You know, anytime anybody makes me breakfast, you've got a place in my heart. But, you know, he talks sweetly about his own family traditions that you get whatever breakfast you want. But then he's like all weird. And he's like, well, life begins when you're 21. It's like, why? Why 21? (laughs) Did you notice they also kept saying the word perfect? Perfect pancakes, perfect breakfast, perfect boyfriend. It's like, stop. (laughs) Like, they're they're in, like, the growth stage of being in a relationship. Yeah. And also, clearly, like, Colin doesn't understand that perfect is kind of a trigger word for Kelly. Which, like, new year, new Kelly, I would have thought at this point she would just be like, look, here are, like, my things. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe new year, new Kelly, she's like, 
that's not going to bother me anymore because I am a model and I do have a good boyfriend and I can take care of myself. Right. Like maybe perfect is how I define it, not how somebody else does. Well, and like you said last episode, maybe she got therapy. Maybe. It's my hopes and dreams. Yes. So we get over to the wash house and Steve is already bitching about house rules. Just right out the gate, already complaining about rules that don't even exist yet. Uh, But, of course, in natural form, Brandon begins making the rules. At this point, Nate literally goes, oh, isn't he the cool one? In reference to Steve. And I was like, he looks cool. He dresses cool. But he's not so cool. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, he's kind of an asshole because he's a little bit racist. He's a little bit homophobic. And he's super privileged. He goes, oh, well, what about Brandon? And I was like, you know... Honestly, Brandon's growing on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like, I don't know if you had your headphones in or anything, but like even in this scene, they start smelling Val smoking pot upstairs or who they Mm -hmm. think is Val smoking pot. And Steve is like, well, we can punish her by making her play basketball with me naked. Yep. And then literally it was like poetic justice because that line happened and I look at Nate and I pause it and I go, see, (laughs) he goes, Oh, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> no, it's really not. Oh, just, man. And, like, once again, I feel like you can tell who's in the writer's room versus, like, actual teenagers <laughs> because they keep calling pot, like, reefer and ganja. Mm-hmm. No like, grass when, in the house. <laughs> when was the last time someone said ganja? Right? I was like, why can't you guys just say weed? Or pot, even. Like, right. I, anyway. And it's it's not Val smoking. It's Ginger smoking. And Val even does – she's like, look, no, it's house rules. Brandon doesn't like me doing this. And she – would she flush it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But, like – and I almost appreciate that from Val because it's one thing if Jim and Cindy didn't want her to do it. Like, I guess she – it's her right to, like – not do what they say because she's kind of the, it's the whole authority thing but when Brandon says it it's like you she actually wants to stay here and Brandon probably could kick her out so she's like dude stop like you know I want to be in with these people like I want them to like me or whatever and this is kind of where we learn that Ginger is like well what the heck man like all, like what's so great about this group anyway you know like all Brandon does is moon for Kelly and then she ends up saying that like Steve's more her type and Val's like, oh, yeah, you, because he's Mr. Platinum card, which, true. Fair. So, yeah, I mean, super fair. Aside from Steve's looks, the Platinum card might be his best feature right now. Right. Exactly. Just because his personality is garbage. But it doesn't – like, Ginger thinks everyone in this friend group sucks. And she's like, I want to get stoned because this party sounds terrible. <laughs> I did love that she was like, for my 21st birthday, I just want to show up at the tattoo parlor with a bottle. And I was like, well, first of all, can't show up to a tattoo parlor drunk. They will not tattoo you. And if they will, you shouldn't get tattooed there. (laughs) 100%. And then Val says, that was your 18th birthday. I was there. And she's like, oh, (laughs) I know. Like, I just, I love the two of them. And I watching all of the different scenes of just Val and Ginger talking, mm-hmm. knowing what we know now from the last two episodes, like so much of it makes sense. Oh, for sure. And this is like one of the few people that Val doesn't have to be her 
you know, duplicitous self with. She can just be Val. She doesn't have to put on a face. She doesn't have to like act any certain way. And that's something that we haven't seen a whole lot of. And mm-hmm. yeah, like she and Ginger just have this kind of effortless chemistry on screen that I kind of wish we had Ginger around longer than just this episode. I know. I was really bummed when this played out the way it did and she gets on the plane to go to Maui. I was like, well, I mean, Maui is a place in the show. So like she might Mm -hmm. not be gone forever, but she's definitely not coming back next week. Right. Exactly. And this is where they find out we find out that Brandon stored $200 in a cookie jar during a party <laughs> and now it's missing. Like he literally says, I did it the day before the party. Why would you do that? Dumb, dumb Brandon. Like it's a party. Everyone's getting drunk and trashing the house. You don't think they're going to see a cookie jar and either want to eat whatever's in it or smash <laughs> it? Right. I mean, honestly, it probably would have been safer if he like taped it to the ceiling fan you know the top of the ceiling fan like i don't know it would have been safer in a pocket would have been safer in a purse would have been safer to hide it at like claire's and donna's like don't take two hundred dollars out the day before a house party to trash your house exactly my money was on ginger immediately like i don't i didn't remember you know if she did but i was just like it's always the new person, right? It's never going to be like the mainstay cast member. It's a new person. Well, and yeah, they make comments of like, oh, maybe Ray, maybe Val took it. And then Steve accuses Ray. And I was thinking like, well, there were 200 people in your house. Anyone could have taken it. But right. they wouldn't do that because there's no resolution there if it's just some random person. Like, yeah, that exactly. Play as well. But thankfully, the show does spell it out for us this time where Ginger goes into the bathroom to fix her hair, shuts the door, takes the money out of her secret hairspray bottle, and then moves it to a different spot in her purse so that she can leave. Right, because it sounds like, um, you know, they have to go shopping or whatever. I don't know if we actually, I don't remember if they actually said they're going shopping, but they are leaving. And so naturally, you know, Ginger can't just pull $200 out of a hairspray bottle <laughs> whenever <laughs> she's, wherever she's going next to spend money. So yeah, um, that was a quick resolution. <laughs> Which again, knowing what we know now, when Val knows that she's been stealing and like got her to come do this for her, why would it matter? Why wouldn't she just like be at the store and be like, oh, let me just take this wad of money out of my hairspray bottle instead of out of my wallet or just like don't take the hairspray bottle out of your purse. Right. Exactly. It, like it was completely for the viewer's benefit, which I'm fine with. But like story wise, when, you know, Val knew everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's always interesting to me when shows want to like pretend like Val is always pretending that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That you're stealing things because you don't true. know who's watching. Right. Back at the theater, it's so Kelly said they would be there around three. So this is like early afternoon in the day, I guess. Uh, Jackie and Kelly show up so that they can see the tables that they'll be sitting at for the concert. And Jackie is just a lot in this episode. Like, one of the first things she says is that she wants to tip off the paparazzi about a model watching a concert but like kelly is not like a supermodel right like there's no way she's quote unquote that 
famous or recognizable. Like, I bet even if she did tip off the paparazzi and the paparazzi showed up, they'd be like, uh, which one is she? And may never figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably someone else much more famous at this concert than Kelly. Yeah. And then Jackie does the most mom thing that I've ever seen Jackie do. It starts talking about what she was doing the day Kelly was born. Yep. And even says, oh, don't get annoyed. Like, you're going to do this one day with your kid or whatever. Like, every year, without fail, my mother calls me and reminds me that she was eating a steak dinner when she went into labor. Fine dining. I don't think – I think it was like a Ponderosa steakhouse. Like, it was like an (laughs) outback. It was not that fancy. But she was like, yeah, I was eating steak. Every time I hear the words steak dinner together, I just think of Anchorman when – He's like, um, I'm going to invite your mother to dinner, to, or I'm going to buy your mother a steak dinner and then never call her again. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. That's right. <laughs> God, I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's, like it's, sti- it's still in there. It's one of the most quotable movies, I think, of our like middle to high school years. It is definitely up there. Yeah. And Kelly's dad even called for her birthday. Yep. At now, 3 o'clock granted, in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say, like, granted, it was a completely inconvenient time, but he did call. It's so interesting. Like, they've mentioned Kelly's dad twice this season, so I feel mm-hmm. like we are going to meet him probably soon. Yeah. I mean, they're they're setting up breadcrumbs here, so it's yet to be seen. I mean, to be fair, they did give us a lot of breadcrumbs about Steve's family, Steve's biological parents, and there wasn't a whole lot that ended up coming from that obviously you know we know his mom passed away but like there just wasn't a whole lot so I wonder if they're testing the waters here (laughs) before they fully go into it yeah I mean I guess I say soon it could be two seasons from now but the fact they keep bringing up her dad yeah like they could just drop it and never mention him again but they're not it's true it's true and I think David shows them Like, okay, you guys are sitting over here, and then all the way over here on the other side of a divider are two seats for Val and Ginger. Which is great, because Kelly's like, well, if I had to invite them, thank God they're going to be all the way over there. Like, even David recognizes this. Nice move, David. Like, Kelly's birthday does not sound great so far. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Like, her ex-boyfriend showed up to her bedroom door with flowers. Her roommates are dealing with Ray. Her mom wants to call the paparazzi to take photos of her on her birthday, <laughs> which I do love that she's like, Mom, I get paid for this. Like, we don't have to tip anyone off. That's Yeah, that was another good, like, boundary setting, you know, part of Kelly to be like, no, if I'm going to get my picture taken, I'm going to get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, she has to invite Val and Ginger. And so they're still, like... Even if they're on the other side of a divider, they're still there. Right. Right. Like, so far, the only good thing about this birthday has been the pancakes. And presumably, I guess, like a free concert. Yeah, that's fair. Still, though, like, (laughs) this is not the concert I would choose for my 21st birthday. Like, I had, like, the the typical 21st birthday. I went out. I got my free drinks at every Taco Mac I could get to. (laughs) I, you know, can't remember what happened probably after like 9 p.m. and I crashed at somebody else's house. 
I will say I did go to a concert on my 21st birthday, but it was Mumford and Sons at the Fox and it was incredible. (laughs) I feel like that's a big difference. Oh, it was incredible because that was when, let's see, Megan bought me a Mumford and Sons shot glass for me to take a shot for my 21st birthday at the Fox. And it was really great because I was a huge, I mean, I still love Mumford and Sons, but big time fan at the time. And that was the first time, or at least the first tour, that they ever did one song completely unplugged. So they had, you know, they turned off all the amps, all the mics, all the guitars, like all of it. I remember when they did that. Yeah, had the concert, had everybody be completely silent and they sang Tim Shell. And it was like beyond an experience. And I was with, I think, like six of my friends or something, five, five of my friends, I think it was six of us. So that was dope. Much better than this concert. <laughs> well, and much better than like having to invite people you don't want to be there. Yep. And like it just continues. We'll get there when we get there because it's it is coming up. <laughs> yes. Because Val and Ginger, they're out buying Kelly presents. I think, you know, at least Ginger bought a present. Presumably Val has as well. And they run into Claire and Donna getting coffee. And I love that Claire and Donna are like, uh, we haven't finished shopping yet, so we gotta go buy. Mm-hmm. But we find out that Ginger bought Kelly real sapphire earrings, and Claire makes that face that Claire does so well. So good at it. I mean, she's it's clearly like, the fuck? Like, literally, she doesn't understand, number one, why Val, of all people, or Ginger, of all people, would be investing this kind of money into these earrings for somebody that they barely even know. But it's just... Yeah, it's such a clear thing to do because it's not like she would buy Kelly that either. She bought Kelly a picture frame. (laughs) Like, that makes sense for their age. Right. And the amount of money they probably do or don't have for their age. I will say I really wish that she had put a photo of Claire, Donna, and Kelly in it rather than just like, here's a photo frame. Go nuts. (laughs) Oh, man. I also didn't really like the photo frame. I didn't think it was that cute, but... It looked more like a wedding frame, you know, like something you put a wedding picture in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, it, yeah. Different strokes. Right. It's not my style, but my style is very boring, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and they separate. They split apart. We go back to the house where Brandon is putting furniture together and Val comes in because she wants to know what he and Dylan were talking about because she feels left out. She feels like people are avoiding her. She feels like people are keeping secrets from her. By people, she means mostly Dylan, but also she's feeling a little ostracized from the group, which is the whole point of this episode, right? Mm -hmm. But it perfectly segues into Dylan's little jaunt to a parking deck. Yeah, he's in a parking garage. Very clearly stalking. Like, it is obvious from moment one what he is doing with a gun. And then Tony Marchette and his security show up, and Dylan follows them into an elevator with a gun. And just stares at him. (laughs) He's just standing sideways, leaned up against the side of the elevator wall, staring at Tony Marchette. And you think... That once Tony turns to look at Dylan back, that Dylan would look away. Oh, no. he, The eye contact intensifies. <laughs> like, bro, this is not how reconnaissance works. No. 
And it even looks like Tony recognizes Dylan, or at least, at least, even if let's just say, you know, for for story's sake, he doesn't know who Dylan is. He, at the very minimum, can tell that this is a person that has beef with him, right? So, and what's like, your plan, Dylan? What's your plan? Elevators have security cameras. He <laughs> has security with him who is trained in these things. Like, Dylan tries to follow him out of the elevator and, like, immediately his security is like, what are you doing? Right. So much so. Like, he's so surprised by this. He drops his photo. Which, I don't know why he brought it with him. Right? Like, <laughs> when the guy picks it up, it looks like it was face down so that nobody actually saw what was on the photo. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of wondering if, like, there was supposed to be some sort of trick and, like, Tony knows what's going on. His security is caught up on these things. And they're just like, we're going to get the kid out of here and then we'll, like, you know, figure our stuff out later. Right. I mean, we know at this point Dylan is going to go beyond the law, right? Like, because FBI didn't help him. So he's got to take this into his own hands. But he's a 20 to 21-year-old boy who knows nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Like, he doesn't know what to do with this reconnaissance with a mobster. He doesn't know. Poor boy. Well, And that's the thing. He hasn't thought even two steps ahead. Right. He's just like, I'm going to get in this elevator. I'm going to follow this guy. And I have a loaded gun. Maybe I'll kill him. And then, like, the screen just goes black. Like, we have – what then, Dylan? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he he gets called out. He turns. He gets back in the elevator. He leaves, I guess. So next, we see – we go back to the beach apartment, and Claire and Donna are still kind of, like, bitching <laughs> about the fact that Ginger and Val got those earrings for Kelly – uh, when Claire sees that Ray is here on the balcony. And I'm like, hold up. Did Ray just, like, let himself up? That balcony makes zero sense to me. Like, people will just walk in through that balcony door. Yeah. And I'm like, we know they're on the second floor, and I've never seen a staircase. Right. Like, sometimes it seems like that balcony is a walk-up from the beach kind of entrance. Other times it seems like you have to go through the house, then into the you know, onto the balcony from the second level. So, like, how do these people get access? <laughs> right? Because I think Brandon came in through that door at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think in season four, when they first got the beach apartment, it was on the ground floor. But then as soon as Ray shows up, it's on the second floor because he throws all the pumpkins. <laughs> right. It just makes no sense. And he's here again. <laughs> I just... Claire. <laughs> I love her. Like, oh, Ray's here. Better take inventory. That's not funny. You're right. Nothing's funny about Ray. Let's get out Agreed. of here. Agreed. Agreed, Claire. Like, most of the time, I'm very much like, yeah, girl, sing it. Like, keep talking. You're saying everything I'm thinking. Right? Like, Claire has no filter in the best way possible. <laughs> like, she is not scared to be like, no, Ray sucks. <laughs> yeah. And he does. He says he does. he's been in searchlight and he needed to get away. And Donna's just like, what, there were no phones where you were? Exactly. Like, he, she even starts to explain, like, I cover for you. You don't even care. And I'm like, how many chances are you going to give this guy? And 
luckily, like he, so Ray gets a little self-deprecating here. He's like, I'm poison. You should stay away from me. And he, and she's like, no, like that's BS. I was around you all summer. Like you changed over the summer. I thought we were in a good place. And then finally, like Ray does a little bit more like wah, wah, pity me thing. And Donna delivers such a line. She's like, well, poor Ray. Let me just get out my little violin. Yes, girl. Like reach. I, I love new season everyone. Like maybe Kelly yeah. came back and Donna was like, I can do that too. Because yeah, she just like shuts that down and then is like, look, you either show up to this concert or you never show up again at all. And she's 100% right because like at a certain point, we all have to realize that every time something goes wrong, something doesn't go Ray's way, something messes up with whatever his idea of what the situation should be he just takes off mm -hmm. he leaves it was palm springs it was uh the uh andrea's going away party at west bev it's you know it's now the whole ring situation and it's almost later on at the birthday party it's like we can literally count the amount of times that ray has like gotten defensive and ran away yeah i it was interesting to me that donna fought like so hard for them in this scene mm -hmm. but like I love it like I love her being like no we are in a good place I covered for you you've changed from when you threw me down the stairs let's not forget mm -hmm. but at the same time like she's she's not only standing up for their relationship she's like standing up for herself in the relationship to be like you can't do this anymore yeah a hundred percent she's very much showing that she's maturing emotionally, which is just wild to me that Donna as a 20-year-old is more mature than Ray, 26-year-old. Right? I mean, I feel like something could be said about a 26-year-old choosing to date a 20-year-old and spend all of his sure. time with her 20-year-old friends who he doesn't like. Right, right. But that's neither here nor there in this moment. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure this scene ends and we don't know that he's actually committed to going to the party with her right yep because we have to do another cut we go back to the walsh's house where steve is now staying in brandon's old room and i guess brandon has probably moved into jim and cindy's room and he's looking through his watch collection and a very special watch is missing so he like calls everyone into his room and is like this is missing and we are not leaving until we find it and brandon does not give a shit. He's like, your room's a mess. It's probably here somewhere. My deep V is all the way down past my nipples. We got to go. <laughs> I got to do something about this shirt situation. <laughs> it was so unbuttoned. His chest hair was just there. I was like, very distracted. <laughs> this is Jim Walsh's son if I ever saw one. Oh, man. But this is like the second thing that we've revealed has been stolen in this episode alone, right? The money and now the watch. Mm -hmm. And then even Steve is like, well, where are my keys? Like he's just convinced that all of his expensive stuff is missing. Yep. In this case, his keys are sitting in a pile on the bed and Brandon is like, oh, it's probably there with your keys. But like keys are an everyday item and this is like an 18 carat whatever whatever that he keeps in his watch collection. Yeah. Like, Big difference, Brandon, but okay. Yeah, and I mean, he's probably just trying to be like, look, Steve, like, you're probably overreacting. You probably just misplaced it. Let's go. Like, we got places to be. You'll find it later. Yeah, because they do have to get to Kelly's party. Yep. 
everyone has to get to Kelly's party, including Kelly, who is like stopped off in uh, wherever Colin lives. I don't remember. Venice. To, yes. To pick him up in a very cute dress. Oh, yeah. She looks phenomenal. She's all like summery and stuff. And she knocks on the door. Colin's apartment is huge. Massive. Huge, huge, huge. And she can't even – or he can't even hear her knocking because he's, like, blasting music. She walks in, and he's painting something. Now, I will just caveat this whole thing and say I am not an art connoisseur. Art has never been a hobby of mine or an interest of mine. So I hope I don't offend anybody if I ever say anything about art because, <laughs> honestly, I'm just ignorant. Um so he's painting something. That's literally all I can say about it. He's p- p- putting colors on a canvas. Yeah. And like, it's not clear what this is, if this is in his style or if it's just like the beginning of something that we can't see, but is in his artist brain. But whatever it is, he is pissed about it. And Kelly even tries to say like, oh my gosh, the orange and the red are so striking. And Colin snaps at her. He's like, what do you know about it? Yeah, he's like, this is the worst part. And he's like, oh, this is only a painting a girlfriend could love. Yeah. Which he's just in a mood is what it seems like. Yeah, and he says he's not going to go to her birthday. He's like snapping at her, making her mad. And she even says like, you're using art to be a selfish bastard, which I love for her. But then she storms off and you get this like quick shot of Colin's face, which like, Tells you that he's doing so- – he's up to something, mm-hmm. but it- I'm still mad at him. I don't care. That was mean. Oh, 100%. I, I I didn't write it down, but now that you say that, I remember him. And I almost wrote down, like, oh, my God, is he smirking? And I was like, maybe that's just his face. That's just his face. That's just his face. <laughs> no, he was definitely smirking, and I knew he was up to something, and I was like – what is he like pretending he's not gonna go and then he's gonna surprise her at the concert and just hope that she's not still mad about like this would right honestly put me in such a sour mood before my party and probably like kind of ruin the party a little bit yeah like I like I'm just trying to think of how I would act you know 21st birthday and I don't know it would be tough like because I think for me the bailing at the mm-hmm. last minute, that's one of my pet peeves in general, unless there's like a legitimate like, you know, shit happens excuse, like all that like stuff does happen. But that's one of my pet peeves. And then the second thing would be the lie, right? Like no lie is worth me getting literally mad at you. Yeah. And like all of this is that you can finish that birthday present for her. But like that's on you for messing up your time. Right. Exactly. That's the, yeah, that's a good point. Cause that's the other side. It's like, why didn't you finish this earlier? You've had however long you've been here plus the entire day. And again, I don't know how long things take from an art perspective, especially like that massive, but yeah, that's a good point. Well, and like, there's just so many layers of this. Like I know when you're younger, you want more material goods than as you get older, you care much more about experiences, but like, Mm -hmm. If John missed my birthday so that he could go get me something that I didn't ask for, which, like, she likes it, whatever. But if he skipped my birthday to go get me something and be like, no, I wanted to spend the time with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the quality time at this point. Yeah. But that's not what happens. And he does this. She storms out. And then somehow when she gets to the party, like, just 
all of the little things that happen at her party, I would have just been like, today sucks and I'm over it. Yeah, honestly, like if that stuff would have happened to me, I would have been like, screw it. Let's just go to Waffle House. Like, right? <laughs> let me at least get some of my comfort food in me. Yeah, because she – we get to the concert. Like Nat has brought a ton of food that he's putting out. It's special food that he doesn't serve at the Peach Pit. It's whatever, pesto with spinach or something. But <laughs> – Kelly shows up with Jackie and Jackie is just bitching about how Mel bailed on the concert because Sheila is upset. And I was like, Jackie, Sheila just went through a full like mental episode last year. Yeah. Like she was homeless on the street. Of course, Mel cares about the mother of his child. Right. Like it's a jazz concert. Jackie, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, everyone's supposed to be chill. This is smooth jazz here. But yeah, like, she's bitching about stuff. Everyone kisses everyone when they show up. Not mouth kisses, though. Just need to say that. Um, so no Nat's like, <laughs> thank God, honestly. Um, but Nat will be Jackie's date tonight. Dylan shows up. Ginger and Val show up, and they scoff at their seats. You know, it's it's everybody's arriving at the same time, and so all the drama is starting. Um even to the point where Brandon's like, hey, Dylan, how's the manhunt going? Why would you bring this up at this party? <laughs> exactly. I also want to point out that they hired Nat to cater it or like asked him to cater it and did not invite him. Poor guy. I mean, to be fair, he did say he didn't want to be around the party going scene. So maybe this was him just being like, I'll bring the food. Not staying. <laughs> He's probably like just scarred from last week when he saw how they all acted at the house party yep but again jazz concert during the day like <laughs> it is still full light out <laughs> yeah it is but yeah brandon and dylan start talking about the manhunt and dylan's like yeah i could have shot him myself point blank like i mean you got that close but no you couldn't have you yeah there would is have been contained a hundred percent. There was at least four security people there who were likely like trained security, not just guys who happened to be around him. Yeah. You made a move, not even like reaching for your gun, but you made a move. They would have had you down. And then when they found the loaded gun on you, you would never have been heard from again. A hundred percent. Like Dylan, get over yourself. <laughs> but their talk gets interrupted because Jackie comes over because she doesn't want Kelly to sit alone. So she picks her two ex-boyfriends. Classic. Why not pick like, Donna and Claire? I Literally in my notes. <laughs> I was like, pick literally anyone else. Donna and Claire. Maybe see if David can like come out after he's done setting up. You Val and Ginger. Just, just Val and Ginger. That would be better. <laughs> anyone but her two ex-boyfriends. And like, it's not even just two ex-boyfriends. It's the boyfriends that she like frequently left the other for or cheated on with the other or like potentially got engaged to had an affair with dylan around brandon's sister's back like <laughs> there's a lot of history going on here don't do this yeah yeah but i have to admit you know at this point when she does sit down and after like a little bit of awkwardness wears off you know she genuinely thanks them for being there that she doesn't know where she'd be without them and brandon is actually kind of sweet and he's just like there's nowhere else I'd rather be or no one else I'd rather be with and I'm like shit am I still team Brelly? like is this 
Is how did this happen? <laughs> no, I think I am team Brelly, but I think a lot of it boils down to like I'm not, you know, I'm not Delhi. I did not like them together. It yep. never worked. I don't like Colin based on how he behaved in this episode. Mm-hmm. So like I have no other options. What am I, John Sears? No. <laughs> Love the callback. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm like genuinely team Brelly, even though I'm team Dylan in every aspect of the sense. I'm team. I I will forever, forever, forever be just all about Brenda and Dylan. I think for me, that's my OTP. I think of this whole show, they are the couple for me. So I think I can't see Dylan with anybody else. Yeah. I think that like the only way I could see any of them with anybody else would be if they dated outside the friend group. Yeah. With like people I haven't met yet. 100%. So, you know, maybe one day I won't be, you know, Dylan and Brenda, Kelly and Brandon, but who knows. Also, if that actually happened with all four of them, imagine Walsh family Christmas. Oh my God. For the rest of your life, the girl that your boyfriend (laughs) cheated on you with is married to your brother. And the guy you married broke up your brother and best friend at one point. (laughs) It's it's so complicated. Yeah. I was like trying to go back through Kelly's whole like romantic history because – not to let anybody forget, Steve reminds us in this episode they dated. Every freaking episode. Everyone. Like, I need a montage. Somebody put together a YouTube montage. Like, what are those called? The, like, fan clips or whatever it's called. Where yeah. Like a they, super cut? Yes. Where they literally, like, take the second that Steve says, I dated Kelly or Kelly broke up with me or I'm still in love with Kelly and see how long that is. That's got to be, like, an eight-minute video. At least. <laughs> At least. I'm like just imagining one of those videos, just Steve reminding us he used to date Kelly for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it could be one of those ones where it gets faster every time he says the name Kelly. Kelly, 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 Kelly. <laughs> so it ends up turning out that like even if Jackie had picked Donna and Claire to sit with Kelly, that that wouldn't work out. Because Donna shows up with Ray and, like, you just see the entire friend group just, like, darken. They are yep. all mad. And, you know, Donna comes up. She makes a comment about it. Kelly's like, everything's fine. Ray, you're totally invited. And Steve is just like, no, he's not. I hate him. Yeah, he literally says, hide your valuables. Look who's coming. Which is the Steve we all know and hate. Yep. I mean – What's wild, though, is, again, this confirms that Ray really just wants to run when things don't go his way. He immediately, like, before he even, like, really fully approaches the group, is like, I want to leave. And Donna's like, what? No. I literally gave you this ultimatum earlier, not an hour ago, that said, if you don't come to the party, don't come back. And, you know, to be fair, Kelly tells Donna, she's like, you cannot run after him. Like, do not do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, this this is, again, just kind of bolstering my little comment earlier about the friends kind of finally stepping up and being there for each other because, like, mm-hmm. Steve accuses Ray of stealing the watch. Ray storms off. Val runs after him, which at the time looked really weird. But then Kelly's like, no, every time you see him storming off, you run after him. You can't do that. And luckily, she listens to her. She's like, you know what? 
you're right, and just grab some champagne. <laughs> Which I thought it was hilarious that Donna gets really drunk really fast off of champagne again because it's just like anytime that I, when I was younger, would get like really drunk on, you know, say coconut rum and Ooh. yeah, get like real sick or do something embarrassing, I'd be like, I, the memory is attached to the alcohol and I can't have it again. 100%. Like very specifically pick coconut rum because coconut rum and pineapple got me in a bad place down in Statesboro. <laughs> I, I mean, remember all of it. I get it though. I got to a point where I had to stop drinking just regular Coca-Cola because if it didn't taste like it had rum in it, it tasted weird. <laughs> and to this day, 31-year-old Caitlin can't really drink champagne because it just messes with me. Like I drink it too fast. It's too easy to drink. And then it just messes with me. I get drunk fat. I'm Donna when it comes to champagne, man. I mean, we could all hope to be Donna when it comes to champagne. <laughs> but yeah, so Val has run after Ray. Donna's getting drunk back with her friends. And she tells him, she's like, look, you have to come back with me. I can clear this all up. I'm not angling for anything. Just trust me here. Because knowing their history, Ray is immediately like, what is your angle? What do you want? Right. And it's, like, interesting because I feel like these two almost have, without them explicitly saying it, a kinship to them because they're both outsiders. And they've both lied and cheated their way, you know, through the friend group a little bit. So mm -hmm. even though Val's manipulated Ray, she's also been real with him. So I feel like he almost knows both of her sides. Yeah, I mean... I even with that, I'm a little suspicious of him just going with her. Right. Like that doesn't feel like right to me, but whatever. And they get back and it's just like all perfectly timed for this like you know, mess around that Val and Ginger are doing. Mm-hmm. Because Kelly goes to open Ginger's earrings. At, like, that immediate moment, Val is just like, oh, she didn't pay for them. She stole them – or she paid for them with stolen money and then grabs Ginger's purse, opens up her fake hairspray, and pulls out the watch and the engagement ring that Brandon still has not returned and didn't even realize was missing. Yep. Which, like, this is definitely when I caught on because it was like she would not have the fake hairspray bottle in her purse. Well, and see, if I were not dumb audience brain, I would have thought that too. But no, I was fully, because I think Ginger sold it to me. You know, she got appropriately mad. She's like, what, what, like surprised mad, you know, to, mm -hmm. to the point where I was like, hold on, is Val really selling herself or selling her best friend out to this whole group? And I believed it. But again, dumb audience brain. Well, and I have so many thoughts about this because yeah. They get into a fight. Ginger, you know, storms off. Val gives a whole speech about how nobody owes her anything. And the friend group is, like, indebted to her now that she's done this thing and thrown her oldest friend under the bus to defend all of them. And I'm like, that's not a positive. Like, right. I would be more concerned about the fact that she brought Ginger into your lives and then the fact that she let all of this happen and then the fact that she just – caused this scene at Kelly's birthday for people who don't like her. 
Yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, I think clearly what the con says, because like, you know, eventually we learn about the con, but I think what it mostly says about Val is that this friend group is the kind that wouldn't take it that way. You know, Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't see Val betraying her best friend. They see, oh, Val has a moral compass about her that says that she's willing to call out her best friend when they're doing something wrong. I mean, literally, I think Brandon would identify with that completely. You know, that would strike a chord with Brandon, especially. Um, It's surprising that Claire believes it for me. Right? Like everybody buys into this, which, I mean, they're avocado heads, whatever. (laughs) Through and And through. Val borrows Brandon's keys that, you know, we find out later she can take uh, Ginger to the airport. It All of this makes last episode when Ginger introduces herself and Val was like, that's not your last name. Your last name's LaMonica. Like, mm-hmm. makes so much more. Every single interaction that, like, Val had with Ginger with the group makes so much more sense to me. Oh, totally. I mean, I also was like, a little worried about Val bro- borrowing Brandon's car. I was like, this is a this is a horrible timing. Ginger <laughs> literally just stole at least $500 worth of stuff. No, more well more than that Way because more. engagement ring. Let's talk about oh, like the watch. Yeah, so we're talking like 10 Gs potentially like worth of like valuables and now you want to just give Val your car. Ginger could just elbow her right to the noggin <laughs> and steal the car. <laughs> I really wish that it happened. <laughs> just like all a part of the plot of be like, all right, I'm ready. Just, just punch me. Yeah. Just hit me. Just hit me right here. Give me a concussion. <laughs> oh my God. That would have made me laugh so much. Oh man. Classic Val and Ginger messing around. And we get a whole scene where the band comes out, wishes Kelly a happy birthday and enthusiastically plays jazz for her. Fake plays jazz. Yes. But very enthusiastically, like, <laughs> yeah. dancing around the stage. Oh, yeah. He was having himself a time. And meanwhile, Val is driving Ginger to the airport in Brandon's car. And Ginger turns to her all serious and is like, I have one last thing to say to you. Where's my money? Yep. And we find out it's all a plot to get Val in with the friend group. And I love it. Like, I was excited for this episode when I just heard the title was Buffalo Gals, and now that it's all played out, I'm so happy. Yeah, it was one of those episodes where, like, the title didn't make sense, but at the same time, now, like, it it was so planned out, you know, planned out so well, and it all came to just this great ending where even to the point where Val's like, you know, they're kind of talking about the results of it and all that, and Ginger's like, yeah, you really, like sold it like they they really believe you now and she's like yeah maybe they'll erect a statue of me at the peach pit and I'm like please build it build, build it right the now statue <laughs> I just like I love it they're like I cannot believe how stupid they are they right this hook line and sinker like god it makes me so happy that these two con artists are just so good and I love that Ginger's like look you're my best friend of course I was gonna come do this for you right right and I think honestly like This is what makes complex characters so interesting because obviously, like, we love our gang, right? We love Brandon Mm -hmm. and Kelly and and Steve sort of and Kelly and I already said Kelly, but we love her twice (laughs) and Claire and Donna and David and all of them. 
So that doesn't mean we want them to get conned all the time. And I think that's kind of what makes what Val and Ginger did even better because it's like we're sort of rooting for them to con our buddies. But at the same time, they'll be fine. You know, they didn't, their stuff didn't actually get stolen. Like everything is fine. No harm was done in the end of this. And plus Val and Ginger are just so charismatic and so fun that it makes them, doesn't really seem malicious. Like mm-hmm. this was like, yeah, it was a con, but it was to be better friends. Like, <laughs> well, and I think that's my favorite part is that somewhere in the writer's room, they were like, how do we make Val get into the friend group? We have to trick the friends to like, <laughs> like she can't even think of an idea of like, well, I'll just apologize to them and be a better person. No, I right. have to trick them with an elaborate scheme that requires me, you know, flying my best friend out, living with me, flirting with Brandon, stealing a bunch of stuff, and then I'm going to pay her for it so that she can go down to Maui, which like, damn, how much did Ginger make off of this? Right? Because just a ticket alone to Maui would be pretty pricey. Well, I mean, like, yeah, it doesn't sound like she's like going on a trip and then going back to Buffalo. It sounds like she's just going to Maui. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm moving to Hawaii, later losers. Right. God, I love it. She's Uh, just going to Maui on, like, her way to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. (laughs) I love her on Sabrina. She's great. Um, So I'm just going to, like, wrap up this story, and then we'll go back to Ray and Donna and Kelly and all that stuff at the beach apartment. Because we get to the Walsh house where – for some reason, Brandon and Dylan and Steve are talking about when Kelly, like, who she looked best with or something. But Val comes in. You know, she's got her sad, my best friend betrayed me face on. And Brandon and Dylan are eating it up. Yep. They're just like, oh, my God, a lot of people care about you. That's not the only person that cares about you. You did the right thing. We're so proud of you. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, they knew – that these avocado heads would just love the moral compass aspect of it, right? They would love this moral high ground, this big heart, but it must be so tough to do that to your best friend angle that they're just putty. They are putty in her hands. I love it. I love it so much. I also just have to say when the boys were talking about like Kelly and hating on Colin and, you know, like they say that, Kelly always looked best with I, I forget what they call them but like the simple boys or simpletons or something I don't even remember what yeah. he said and Steve's like well you guys know she looked best with me and then he walks away and Brian's just like sharp as attack that boy <laughs> <laughs> just Steve 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 serves no purpose ever <laughs> well so speaking of Kelly the other part of this episode, like the last thing that happens is we're back at the Peach apartment and Donna is drunk and just like swinging around on her four-poster bed talking about how she needs to make it up to Ray for everyone being mean to him and starts like doing a real drunk strip tease for him. Mm-hmm. And he's sober. He's like, no, you got to go to bed. This is not the thing. And like drunk Donna is even just like, yeah, let's bang it out. Like – I think she says, like, make love or something. but Yeah, they have to say that in TV. Yeah. <laughs> but he says no. He puts her to bed. He goes out and is like, hey, I want to crash on your couch. And Kelly calls him a good guy. 
And I mean, he says, I'm no Satan, but I'm no thief either. And it, I'm like so conflicted because it is really good of Ray for turning down Donna for sleeping on the couch, you know, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, he's an asshole 99% of the time. He's flaky. He's flighty. He is an abuser. He is mean. Like, those are all the things that he meant that he was instead of a saint or a thief. But he didn't have sex with drunk Donna. Therefore, the avocado heads are in. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's pretty much the same thing over again. We're like, well, you didn't do the stealing, so we like you. Right. It's like you you didn't do one bad thing, even though you did a bunch of bad things, so you're in. Yeah. But while he and Kelly are talking, you hear Colin, like, calling for Kelly and come running up. And, like, she doesn't want to deal with him. She's pissed, rightfully so. But he convinces her to come out into the parking lot with her, where I guess he has a bunch of people in cars because he yells <laughs> lights and then all the car lights come on so that he can see – she can – she can see the huge painting of a birthday cake. How far into Dawson's Creek did you get? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. Not very far. Did they get to senior year? I think they're at the beginning of senior year or the end of junior year because the last big thing I can remember off the top of my head is Andy cheating on her SATs. Okay. So we're not – okay. All right, so yeah. I can't mention something, but something happens very but similar to this. there's a giant this. birthday cake? No, there's a giant mural of something. <laughs> my eyes rolled so far back into my head, I that hurt. This one is actually good, and if you ever finished Dawson's Creek or at least finished that season, like, you'll get to it, and it's actually, like, a good thing, but it just made me think, okay, they saw what happened on 90210. They modified it a bit to make it make more sense because this makes no sense. It makes no sense. Is it a billboard? Is it a mural? Is it a wall? Like what? Where is this actually painted? How long is it painted for? Is How rain going to come and wash it right off? Like if it was on a billboard right outside her house, how did she not see it before now? Yes. Where was this parking lot? Is it in the city? Like is what is this apparatus that we have here? I don't know, but it's stupid, and she likes it. She loves it. I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't. And it was another one thing that we hate, where she says, I love you, and he doesn't say it back and just kisses her. Everyone on this show is currently in a toxic relationship with <laughs> someone, and I hate it. Like, either it's, like, Kelly and Colin and Donna and Ray or the entire friend group and Val. <laughs> and Dylan getting back together with his gun. <laughs> every every single relationship is toxic. Oh, God. And that's how it ends. Yeah, it was like, a bad ending. It was a stupid ending. But I will say they got me. And I actually, I looked up release dates for this because um, they're <laughs> – there's a whole thing where Kelly's 21st birthday takes place in September, but her 18th birthday took place in March. So she's just a Virgo oh. now. Well, which matches better? I think a Virgo. It's so funny to me because I was like, okay, in my notes, Kelly's a Virgo now. And then I had to look up her compatibility with um, 
Scorpio Brandon and Libra Dylan. And Dylan and Kelly are not compatible if she's a Virgo. Uh, like, yeah. They have like 0% like or something sexual compatibility. Uh, and I'm like, this is the opposite of what we've seen. So yeah, what is the truth? In, that's right? incorrect. Yeah, she has zero emotional compatibility, but they're like 100% on the sexual compatibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But if IMDb is to be believed, the season premiere and this episode aired on the same night. Like it was a two-part, two-episode like season return kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. which I just thought was really interesting because the last episode, the house got trashed, and then this episode, it's magically back together. So – in the two-minute commercial break face, <laughs> and we didn't talk about it. I wish we had, man. I was so curious. Right? Like, just give us one more episode of them fixing the house. Yeah, or just the hype uh, time lapse like they did them putting the furniture back in the house. Mm-hmm. Nat can bring more big sandwiches. Oh, my God, the yeah. untrashing the house party. <laughs> and lectures. Ah, oh, all the lectures. This is your home, Brandon. <laughs> Just contractually obligated Nat Busicchio. Hey, he's a series regular Nat Busicchio now. Hey, good for him. Only took five years. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all I have, so I'm ready to make a guess on a quote of the week if you're ready. Hit me. First guess. I also got a gift file from the internet of his driver's license. <laughs> Ray's here. Better take inventory. That's not funny. You're right. Nothing about Ray is funny. Um, I had Brandon saying, I'm a glutton for punishment, and Dylan saying, so am I. Oh, it yeah. I found my last one. Okay. Poor Ray. Let me just get my little violin. God. Yes. <laughs> there were so many good ones, guys. So many good ones. You ready for the reveal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. I found a GIF file on the internet of his license. Like, it had to be. It couldn't have been anything else. But I will tell you, there were a lot of contenders. Every single one of the ones that you uh, mentioned as guesses were literally contenders for me. The only other one that I had was, oh, Kelly saying to Colin, I understand that you're using art to become a selfish bastard. (laughs) Because again, it's like this year of Kelly, right? Like we've we've decided that the ladies are standing up for themselves, and with Donna's violin and Kelly in the art with the selfish bastard, good stuff. It's so perfect. What about you, Mary? Did did you have a moment? Um, it's kind of a tie between Brandon explaining images from the internet. <laughs> Um, I really want to know, is it still a GIF if you've printed it? Is it now (laughs) not just an image on a piece of paper? Right. Um, And also just Val and Ginger at the airport just revealing that we all got Maloned again. Uh, Again. Like, the audience got Maloned. We sure did. When you say everyone, it was everyone in the show and out of the show. God, I love Val. I love her. I knew you guys. I knew you guys were going to love her. Like, she's such a good character. She's such a great addition. (laughs) Uh, Well, so what's next week? Is it going to be as Val centric as this week? 
Well, I'm I'm thinking no because the title <laughs> is uh it's okay, so it's season six, episode three, must be a guy thing. So I'm guessing it's not Val centric. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like Val. Okay. But what if it was like somehow all the boys end up on like a trip together and it's just Brandon, Steve, Dylan, Ray, and Colin and David. God, there's or, so many boys. Or take out one of the boys and add Val. Just Brandon, Dylan, and Colin. <laughs> God, that would be terrible, but also awesome. It would be so good. So I just looked at the IMDb description of Buffalo Gals, and the first line says, the gang helps Brandon repair the Walsh house after it falls out of escrow. When? Since when, IMDb? <laughs> they just put the furniture back. Give me the deleted scene. Is it on the DVD? Maybe it's on the DVD. Oh, I'll check the DVDs. <laughs> I'll let you know. But yeah, we'll find out what must be a guy thing next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email at back to Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends, all that stuff. You can rate us in Spotify now. So that would be really cool if you could just go and do that. Like it's literally just like the little five stars. You just you just click it and move on. We'd really appreciate it. And, you know, if you do give us a review, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast because we love you guys so much. And until next week. From all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm a fake bottle of hairspray that you can store stolen goods in. I'm a little violin. And I'm available to make you look like a better person in front of all of your friends for a small fee. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See ya.